It's my pleasure to be joined this morning by the Connecticut Commissioner of the Department of Transportation, Garrett Ucolito, joins us today. He's been a busy man over the last week, including the Gold Star Bridge we'll talk about momentarily. Garrett, good morning. Thank you for joining me for today. For starters, just give me a little bit of an idea what the overview is for the Commissioner of the Department of Transportation. It's not just roads. No, it's not just roads, and thank you for having me. Uh, so the Department of Transportation uh, here in Connecticut, we're responsible for uh, roads, bridges. We also uh, oversee public transportation, so the bus system, the rail system, uh, as as well as uh, the taxi, livery, and Uber and Lyft as well. Uh, and uh, in addition, we also help build out some of the multi-use trails that we have all across the state. Oh, I love the multi-use trails, as in the airline trail, the Hop River Trail, and others. You've got a long history in dealing with transportation. Give me a little idea of what you had done before you became commissioner here in Connecticut in January. Yeah, so I started off my career working down in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill, uh, dealing with uh, budget appropriations, infrastructure work. Uh, Did that for several years, six, nearly seven years. Um, And then I moved back to Connecticut uh, because I grew up in Torrington. Um, so I moved back to Connecticut and worked in Hartford dealing with uh, state budget and state policy issues related to transportation and uh, trying to work on ways to help fund the transportation system. Um, after about five years there, I left, went back to Washington, D.C., worked for a group called the National Governors Association, uh, which really was fantastic because I was on the road every few weeks going to a different state meeting with uh, governors and their staff and uh, spending some time there with them to help try and solve some of their transportation problems and really got to see what's working all across the country, what's not working across the country. Um, and then uh, about three and a half years ago, uh, former Commissioner Gilletti recruited me to come back to Connecticut and be his deputy. So uh, came up here for that in 2020. Garrett, the DOT has projects going on from Wyndham out to Waterbury to Danbury and the like, but the one that affects the people in this neck of the woods took place last weekend, the replacement of the Route 66 bridge just out there before you get to Mackey's. That was an amazing project. Explain how that worked. Yeah, that's what we call an accelerated bridge construction project, or an ABC. Um, it's a fairly new for us in Connecticut. We've only been doing them for less than a decade but we essentially build the bridge off-site. It comes almost as like Lego blocks. They're precast bridge units. And we get them compiled together off-site uh, or on-site. Um, and then we'll clo- we close down the road, for, uh, as people out there know, uh, Friday evening. Um, and we actually finished uh, an hour early um, on Monday morning. But it's, it's a way to avoid long-term disruption to the community if we're going to build a bridge like we would normally do, we would be doing lane closure and then another lane closure and then another lane closure uh, for an extended period of time. So it's short-term pain, long-term gain, but essentially it's it's like building a, a Lego set um, right there. We close down the road, we compile the pieces of the precast bridge units, uh, weld them together, uh, seal them together, um, and then reopen the system once it's safe to do so. Yeah, I'm glad you explained that because since the road was closed from Friday to Monday morning, people couldn't see it. 
It wasn't something you could drive by and see the project in progress. So to have that pre-built unit and dropped into place, that's pretty cool. And things are open now, even though it's uh, pretty much alternating one lane. But nonetheless, is, is is there a timetable on when that will be fully finished and the road will be moving along smoothly both directions? Uh, not yet. So the plan is to have it be completed, fully completed, uh, later this year, I believe. It was, um, you know, the project, we recognize it's a a little behind schedule, um, but that's because when we got there, um, uh, you know, it was supposed to be completed in 2021, but when we got out there and started looking at the steel, um, there was a lot more deterioration than people expected, um, so we realized we had to pivot, and so that extended the length of the project. Um, but so, um, you know, just asking for patience uh, as people, um, I know it's a disruption, um, but anytime you go in and do a construction project, you never know what you're going to find until you actually get in there and open things up. And you talked about deterioration of that bridge. Tell me, tell me about what the DOT does statewide to monitor the health of bridges to make sure they don't collapse, to make sure there's not another Minus River bridge collapse. Yeah, we have a really extensive um, bridge inspection program um, all across the state. Um, we annually inspect our bridges. Um, we make sure that they are safe at all times. It's uh, something that our bridge engineers he- here take very seriously. Uh, you know, we go out and we rate them on a scale from zero to nine. And when they hit a four, that's when we deem a poor, uh, you know, but it doesn't mean it's unsafe. It just means it has some uh, deficiencies that we're going to need to address. And then we look at and see, okay, do we need to actually go out and replace it, or we can can we do a rehabilitation or repair to that bridge? Um, and then we uh, put it on our list of uh, scheduled bridges to replace and repair. Um, and, you know, um, it, we have um, them all across the state. We're always doing bridge projects across the state, so it's a constant state of repair, rehabilitation. Um, and it involves multifaceted inspections. So we use what's called an asset management approach here in Connecticut. Uh, and so we're looking at the top of the bridge, the surface of the bridge. We're looking at the subsurface, the substructure, the steel structure, the abutments, the piers, um, every single aspect of that bridge is being inspected during their uh, uh, inspection cycle. Garrett, I've seen you on TV a lot in the last week, and really for the wrong reasons. Well, maybe it's the right reason because the Department of Transportation Commissioner is on site. But tell me about the major event that took place last Friday, the Gold Star Bridge between New London and Groton. And you got it open pretty quickly. So I guess that that bridge construction was pretty good in the sense that it withstood that immense heat from the accident. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was kind of when I first saw the images online, um, the images were much more concerning than the actual occurrence on the ground. And, you know, I do have to give a shout out to all of the first responders, uh, police, state police, uh, the local fire departments that responded the cooperation and coordination was amazing. Um, and then our DOT staff, uh, our maintainers based out of Groton and Waterford, our bridge engineers who all appear, uh, came on site, uh, myself and our uh, chief of bridges all both went on site as well. Uh, but it was just amazing to see it in action. And the, the fascinating thing about uh, this incident, the crash on the bridge, is because it was home, number two home heating oil, our inspection, uh, we thought it would be closed much longer, but... Um, when we, when our engineers went up and looked and inspected the the bridge structure underneath, 
it was clear that the the uh, home heating oil that burned did not burn long enough and didn't burn hot enough uh, because uh, we noticed that this, the paint system uh, was completely intact. So that meant that the temperature did not get over uh, 1,100 degrees. Um, and steel um, that's subjected to less than 1,300 degrees Fahrenheit basically has no impact in its strength or its change in uh, its structure. So the fact that that paint system was intact um, they inspected the uh, the exposed members, the steel members. There was no deflection, no distortion, no buckling, uh, no def- deformations at all. Um, so the what it really told us was that heat didn't get hot enough and it didn't burn long enough to have any impact on the, the structure itself. So what are the next steps? Is that bridge now basically ready to roll, or are there some maybe minor improvements that need to be done to fix what happened last Friday? We're going to have to do a few things. To, um, so the the bridge parapet, which is essentially like the uh, jersey barrier on the right-hand side of the bridge, um, that was pretty damaged by uh, the fire uh, because that's just concrete on top of a granite base. So we're going to have to go in and repair that uh, jersey barrier there. Um, and then the, the sidewalk. The sidewalk is um, indefinitely closed right now. The sidewalk was not built like a, a bridge structure. It's it's much uh, different uh, construction. Um, the sidewalk is not safe to walk on at this time. We're going to have to do a repair to that sidewalk. Um, so uh, we know that's a, an important connection point for New London and Groton and people commuting back and forth or just uh, uh, using it to get across for school or for medical appointments. Um, so we we are focused on trying to repair that sidewalk, see what can be done. Um, and I, I know that both mayors and the town manager in Groton have been talking to Southeast Area Transit to see what can be done to maybe do a bus bridge across the across the Gold Star Bridge while we repair the sidewalk. Garrett, the town of Palestine, Ohio, made headlines for the wrong reasons, and there's been some other disastrous rail accidents as well. What things are in place to make sure that doesn't happen in Connecticut? So... Uh, Connecticut own, we, Connecticut DOT owns a significant portion of our freight rail. We own the, the railroad from, uh, from Greenwich to New Haven, which the Metro North system and Amtrak runs on. But then Amtrak owns portion of the tracks from New Haven to Rhode Island, um, and then some of the freight railroads own their own rail. Uh, so what we do at Conda is we do have a team that goes out and does inspections of the rail, um, we are in constant communication with the freight railroads. Um, we have great partners there at all the freight railroads. Uh, we don't have any regulatory power over those freight railroads. Um, that's a federal regulation. Um, so they don't need to tell us what they're carrying. But in general, we know what's carried uh, on the freight rails here in Connecticut. And it's usually construction debris, um, construction materials, lumber, steel, um, and some. now that... Uh, the waste to energy plant in Hartford closed. Uh, a lot of trash is being shipped out via rail, um, and rail. The rail standard in Connecticut is much lower uh, for freight rail. They go much slower. You know, they go 10 miles per hour, uh, maybe 15 miles per hour at max. So um, there's a much lower risk of anything serious occurring. Um, there have been derailments in the past. Uh, a train in New Britain actually derailed slightly and tipped off some of its trash contents uh, in New Britain. Um, but we're, uh, we c- constantly communicate with them. Our inspections uh, will notice anything that's a, a defect in the rail or any um, 
thing that needs to be repaired, and we'll notify the freight companies, and they do the same. Um, so we do not have any significant concerns compared to what happened in other parts of the country where they have miles-long freight trains running at high speeds. That's important information. Garrett, people that travel around the New England area may have noticed that it's been a lot of relabeling or renumbering of exits to match up with actual highway mileage. And we have some of that coming to eastern Connecticut, including the Route 6 bypass that goes around Willimantic and I-384 in the Manchester area. Tell me about that. I guess the changes are coming up this summer. Yes, uh, that's probably one of the things they get asked most about. My family asks me about that quite a bit, too. Um, so there's this, if you really want to put yourself to sleep, there's a federal document called the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices. And that's the federal standard by which we have to um, post notices, the signs we have to use, and the standards we have to use for all the signage and markings on our roads. And um, several years ago, they changed the standards and said, instead of just labeling your exits sequentially, um, you have to convert them over to mileage-based. Um, so if you have two miles in between an exit, the exit numbers are going to go from 11 to 13 instead of 11 to 12. Uh, and where we don't have any exit numbers today, um, on a limited access highway, which means it has on and off ramps, we have to install some signs. So the good thing is they gave us some breathing room. They didn't make us go out and do every road across the state all at once. They said, Next time your signs are in disrepair and you have to go in and replace them, you have to update the standard and renumber these signs. So that's what we're doing there uh, out in Route 6. Uh, we just completed it um, uh, in the Route 72 corridor um, and a few other roads here in Connecticut, which uh, caused a lot of consternation and questions uh, on Route 9 as well. Um, but as we continue down the road of replacing our signs, making sure the reflective material is up to standard and people can see it at night, uh, that's when we'll come in and renumber everything. So uh, it's going to be a little, uh, people are going to be thrown for a loop at first, um, but hopefully over time they'll be able to uh, get used to the new numbers. Um, where a number exists today and where we're changing it, we'll put up a sign saying like old number six, new number uh, seven, or something like that. On the Route 6 bypass, it looks like the Route 32 exit will be exit 89, and the 195 exit will be 91. And then on 384, it is kind of minor changes, but it matches mileage where, for example, Highland Street was exit 4, it will now be exit 5, and the Route 85 Bolton-Colchester exit was exit 5, now exit 7, and so it goes. So it might be cosmetic to some, but I like this idea about putting exits, listing them by mileage. Garrett, I remember, especially back in the winter, you were looking for snowplow drivers, and I'm not sure if you ever filled your total listing of how many you needed, but where do things stand right now as far as employees and as far as hiring at the DOT? We've been doing a great job getting more people into the door here at DOT. Um, a lot of people changing jobs, coming to work here at DOT, both as uh, what we call highway maintainers. Um, so in the winter, they are plowing. In the summer and spring and fall, you're going to see them out there working on the roads, fixing the guide rails, um, picking up litter, um, doing a lot of paving jobs as well. Um, it's really diverse uh, uh, opportunity here, and but we still have well over 100 openings here, uh, both in the maintainer job spec, but also we need uh, people with some trade skills, so mechanics, 
uh, electricians and others who can come work at the DOT. And if, you, if you're a mechanic, uh, can fix equipment, we have thousands of pieces of equipment that need to be fixed, um, running, ranging from lawnmowers to uh, bucket trucks to, to backhoes and uh, our normal plows. So uh, it's really exciting and it's a lot of fun. But if, you, if you're a mechanic and you don't have your commercial driver's license or your CDL, we'll help train you to get that. Um, we're trying to use that uh, incentive to recruit more people in. But we need anyone who is interested in joining to go to uh, ct.gov slash DOT. Um, we list all of our jobs there. We also need anyone who uh, has an engineering degree. Um, we're desperate for uh, getting some more engineers in the doors. The legislature and the governor gave us approval to ha- increase our staffing levels up to 3500 uh, to address all the influx of federal funds. Uh, so uh, basically, um, I encourage everyone to take a look, um, look at ct.gov slash DOT at the job section, um, but uh, it's a great place to work. It's like a family. Um, I couldn't ask for a better uh, team of colleagues here at the DOT, and uh, I encourage everyone to check it out. Really good information this morning. Garrett, thank you for joining me. Let's do this again somewhere down the road. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's the commissioner of the Connecticut Department of Transportation, Garrett Ucolito, on 14 WILI Willamette.